This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more. Welcome back to the Macmillan Conversation Maker Podcast. Today, we talk to a local man named Dale Horn who boxed out of the Wisconsin Rapids Boxing Club. Came to start talking to him as he was doing some research on his old boxing bouts using the library's microfilm reels of old newspapers. His story intrigued me, so I asked him if he would do a podcast when he was finished. In the meantime, the New York Times ran a story about his old gym, the Wisconsin Rapids Boxing Club, and even mentioned him. I'll link to the article in the show notes if you'd like to read it and see some pictures of the gym. And now here's Dale Horn recounting his amateur boxing career. I spent a lot of hours of my life talking about boxing. I'll tell you, I'll share uh, stories with almost anybody. You know, it's it's been uh, been a joy, you know, through life. And, uh, you know, I find myself using uh, examples of boxing and the training and the... And the uh, hard work and the dedication, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, and, and using that to, um, in, in a job situations or family or kids, you know, and just what would I do in certain situations, you know, how would I get through this, you know, um, you know, just being dedicated, you know, to something for so long, a sport, you know, that I loved a, a lot. I just had, a, an admiration for that sport. And, uh, it was a rugged sport in some ways. People think, how could you, how could you get hit like that? How could you hit somebody else? And uh, I think a lot of times it was not, you know, uh, a look at see if I can hurt this guy. It was a, you know, score. You, you actually score points. I mean, you know, you are, um, you know, hitting somebody, of course, but and trying to not get hit. That was a, a scenario that never happened where you know you did not get hit at all <laughs> yeah that's the best strategy yeah. would have been would have been nice if that would have been the case but i don't i don't think there's too many guys that would ever have gotten away with that so um but uh yeah it taught us a lot you know a lot of uh our coaches were great ken helger is one of my boxing coaches main coach was a father-like figure and and he just was really dedicated to the sport and uh um just there for us you know even after after boxing matches after workouts, you know, anything we needed help with, anything, you know, from school to, you know, personal things, you know. So it was good to have a, a mentor there, you know. And uh, um, But I think, you know, the bottom line with boxing, um, just the hard work you put into the dedication, training every day and, uh, you know, having some, some guys that you could count on and, and work with and talk to and um, work on strategies and... and uh, um, so kind when like, did you start? Um, I started boxing in 1975. Um, actually, what got me started, kind of an odd odd thing, was that uh, I was on the swim team at the YMCA, and I swam on the outdoor swim team also. But uh, I was trying to find a way to get to get stronger, strengthen myself, and uh, so I was told to contact a guy uh, down at the YMCA, down in the weightlifting room, by the name of Wayne Coombs. And I contacted him, and he got me on a weightlifting program to strengthen myself for the swim team. And um, 
I was a curious kid, and he had a locker down there that he never opened. And I thought, man, what is in that locker? I wanted to know, but I kind of kept after him for, oh, it seemed like forever. And uh, one day he said, all right, I'll open it up for you, and we can you can see what I have in there. And lo and behold, it was boxing gloves and headgear and jump ropes and hand wraps. And, uh, and uh, at about that time, uh, Flossie Gus from the Auburndale Boxing uh, Gym that had been existent, in existence for quite some years. Um, I was starting, a, like, a launching a program out here in Wisconsin Rapids. I think they started it over at the uh, St. Paul's Lutheran School, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, they had it in the basement. So the first year that I started, 1975, um, when they were launching this program, the Gus Gym came over here and the uh, they had actually just mats on the on the floor and a couple heavy bags, and a couple of guys that were my size. I think 12 years old. I was about 80 pounds, and there was a couple other guys that were from Rapids that we uh, did some sparring with. And uh, um, but before that, they started with uh, starting us with the basics: how to how to stand, um, how to put up your hands, um, uh, you know, how to throw straight punches, and just kind of started us off with the basics. And uh, that first year was I started and I thought you know this is okay, but I didn't know if I wanted to really pursue it and um, um, but I just kept at it and I and it was a good way to stay in shape and I was learning something and I was actually getting some attention from people that were like you're in boxing you're like wow and I thought man you know um, they were starting to notice something that I was doing so so that was pretty uh, um, pretty nice to have that happen but. Uh, um, in 1975, when I started, um, they had the uh, Pan Am trials here in Madison, in Madison, Wisconsin, and I actually got to see uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, Howard Davis, uh, Leo Randolph, and then there was, of course, Michael and Leon Spinks. And uh, oh, yeah. that really, really got me fired up to uh, pursue the boxing even a little more. I wanted to be uh, an Olympic hero someday. That was my dream. So... Uh, um, so 75 was a year of, of just starting. I, I won my first, I lost my first fight. I won my second. And then I, I, I went on a streak of losing about six or seven fights in a row. And I thought, what am I doing? What do you know, why am I in a sport that I'm just losing? This is not any fun whatsoever. And, um, and that's at like 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Right. Yep. 12 years old. Yeah, and, that's impressive uh, to yeah. keep going after losing in a sport where you're getting punched in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was. It was like I'm taking abuse. I'm I'm losing. <laughs> There's no point in this at all. And wait, uh, you know, when you, when you win after all those losses, I, I finally came around and I actually uh, I beat Brian Sinclair in Green Bay, and that was the first fight that I lost. Uh, it was against Brian Sinclair, so it was a. Uh, kind of sweet redemption and uh boy i liked it was it was fun winning you know those those six seven losses that i had in a row were were no fun and i and i said to myself before that fight with brian sinclair and green bay i said if i lose this fight this is going to be it i'm done you know i've i've had enough of this so but uh thankfully i won that fight and 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 uh it was a part of a storied career of of over about 15 years of boxing and uh uh, six state championships, um, one silver glove championships, uh, um, 
mixed in there were, were uh, three junior, uh, let me see, 76, 77, 78 junior champion, 78 silver gloves champion, um, 79 state golden gloves champion, 80, 81 state golden gloves runner-up, uh, 88 and 89 ABF champion. So, um, so I did well. I did well. Everything went good. Um, I had dreams of boxing for the uh, U.S. team. I didn't make that goal, didn't make that dream, and, uh, of course, the Olympics didn't quite make it that far. But all in all, I did, did pretty good. I had a good, good run. So. Yeah, there was just a New York Times article that you mentioned that just came out in March 7th. And they mentioned you, Dale Horn, a successful boxer trained by Hilgers in the 70s, had more than 100 amateur bouts and won five state championships. So that's really, this is a really cool article. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was, uh, somebody had said that they, they saw an article come out and I wasn't aware of it. And, and uh, uh, to find out that it was a nice article, it was a nice dedication to our coach, Ken, that's been coaching for over 40 years and uh you know we've had a good we've had a good program not many coaches stay in active in something for that long and, and that that's a lot of dedication and uh just all the fighters that we've had and uh and to actually find out that the article is out of the new york times that was even a little more of a of a wow moment i guess for for all of us you know so uh yeah it was a. Uh, um it was really, you know, a pat on the back. It was uh, all that work, all those years that everybody put into the program, especially our coach and uh, all the dedication and uh, the success that we've had has been has been nice. Yeah, the article is titled, A Rural Boxing Gym Puts Up a Fight. And it's from March 7th, 2019, and I will link to that in the podcast notes. If anyone wants to read the full article, there's some pictures photos of the current gym location um what was the gym like when you were going to it where Uh, was it located we when we got on a roll um we started out at that church uh basement in rapids i you know if i'm wrong um but it's saint peter and paul church and we started out in the basement and then we got a gym we started uh at the ymca in port edwards so that was our first official uh, training center for our for our club, the Wisconsin Rapids Boxing Club. Um, so I think we got I think we launched that off over at the YMCA probably in around 1976. We got a room um, in the basement. Um, it was an old. I'm trying to think. Was it an old pool room where they had billiard tables or something? I'm not real hundred percent sure, but. Uh, but anyways, the, the YMCA let us have the room because they weren't using it for anything. I think it might have been partially used for storage and stuff. So uh, we started uh, uh, using that room. We got some heavy bags. We got uh, um, some stands that, that uh, we could put heavy bags on. And I think we, we bought the ring, the boxing ring, actually, that we won the first uh, state championships at that year in 1976. So the, the boxing ring that they used in, in the, the boxing championships were that, that year were in Green Lake, Wisconsin. And so I think it was a small, a real small ring. It wasn't probably officially even um, up to the size it was supposed to be. So <laughs> you, you couldn't get very far away from anybody, but that was, that was the ring we had. And uh, so uh, we were there for probably, I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to say almost 15 years probably. 
at the YMCA in Port Edward. So that's where it all kind of all started. So that was definitely a home away from home. And uh, uh, so a lot of my fights were probably during that time out of the YMCA. How old were you during that first uh, state championship? Uh, I was 12 years old, and that was 1976. Is that when you won your first one? Right. Yep. At 12? 12 years old, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so that was... That's uh, pretty awesome. That was a that was an accomplishment. You know, that was really... Uh, um, I had never advanced or made it that far in anything that I ever did before. And I remember fighting two fights... Um, uh, Mike Car- Carlin, I beat in the this, uh, preliminaries, and then I beat a John Clark out of Madison in the semifinals. In the finals, I fought um, a guy that I had fought in before a year earlier in Beaver Dam and lost to him. I think he had a record of 17-1. and one. And uh, I thought, wow, how am I going to beat this guy? And uh, I just came out of the corner, and I just went uh, – Right after him, and I just uh, never let never let up, and uh, had him cornered a good amount of the time, and um, he could hit hard. I tell you, it was uh, wasn't easy, you know. But uh, they say if you can own the center of the ring, you you have a, a more of an advantage, I guess, to you know to winning that fight. You know, if you can own the center of the ring, that means you're kind of in control and and backing that guy up. So. Uh, uh, you know, when I got my hand raised and announced as the state champion, that was quite a uh, quite a big deal, you know. Yeah, that's um, a tough psychological feat to beat somebody at any age that you that's already beat you and that's doing good and hitting you hard and to keep up that mental fortitude to actually win, take that match back is yeah, there's impressive. A, there's a lot, of, I think, in the sport... Even from from the start to the middle to the end, I think uh, that mind over matter, that whole, uh, am I as good as that guy? Or, or if he's beaten me before, um, you know, uh, he boxes out of this gym or he's, uh, d- you know, did this or did that. I think sometimes you can find yourself giving uh, your opponent too much credit. You know, sometimes you just got to say, well, you know, I've trained, I worked hard, I'm in shape, I'm, you know, I've been dedicated and uh, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to win this match, you know. Yeah, I was in wrestling in high school, and I think, yeah, I sometimes let some of that stuff get to my head, the being able to lose to somebody and feel how strong they were last time and then having to come back and, like, oh, I have to face this guy again. I know this didn't work last time and this didn't work, but, yeah, it's, it's a tough game. Yeah, very true, <laughs> very true. There, There's a number of guys that, that we would fight, um, one guy in particular, Robert Ponfill, is uh, from the Green Bay area, and we fought. Uh, we fought ten times, and oh my and we gosh, split. Uh, <laughs> I won five, and he won five. I wish I could say I won six, and he won four, but that wasn't the case. Um, so oh, always a competitive fight. They would invite us to Milwaukee um, and, and match us because they knew it was going to be a, a good, close, competitive match. You know. Um, you know so were you someone that that enjoyed that? keep going against the same guy did you dread did you like oh i have to do this again or were you were you game for it every time Um, i think i was game for it i i think we would show up at a at a boxing uh match or a boxing card they used to call them and uh we'd look at each other and we'd kind of know here we go again you know this is gonna (laughs) be you know another match and uh 
And it would be like, well, isn't there anybody else that we could be matched with? But um, either by then we'd had a little too much experience for some of the other guys or they just, you know. Um, I guess when you start to get a little better, some people kind of sway away from you and say, well, I don't know if I'm ready for this guy. And um, kind of neat to be on that end of it, thinking that somebody's thinking, wow, I don't know if I want to face this guy or not because he, you know, might be uh, really a whole lot better than me and I don't know what the outcome is going to be here. So what what was the matchmaking like back then? Like, do you do who who picks who's fighting? Um, usually, a lot of times um, they have a meeting before the fights, and when everybody weighs in and gets their physicals, all the fighters come through. Um, the coaches will have a, a get all together from all the different clubs, and they will sit down and and say, uh, "My fighter is this age. My has this much experience." Um, been fighting for this long and then you know they'll go by weight they'll go by age and then experience so they try to they try to match them you know as evenly as they can you know um try to make it as fair as they can you know they don't want a a lopsided somebody that doesn't you know that's just started to be in there with somebody that's had you know um you know, five years of experience and 30 or 40 or 50 fights against somebody that's only got two or three. So they usually try to keep you, you know, yeah, in line yeah. there with that, with that. Yeah, and the younger wrestling tournaments, I think that's kind of how it went. But then you get you get put in the a bracket, so you're, you have to wrestle at least, like, three other guys normally. Right, So right. they try to get you in the most compatible bracket. Yeah. And then... Sometimes there's not enough guys to make it super right. compatible. Right. Sometimes there is. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, the, the tournaments are a different story. You get to get into the state tournaments or you get into the um, yeah. national tournaments. You just are in brackets and you don't get any choice in the matter. You know, who mm -hmm. you're matched is with is who you're matched with. And there's, uh, you know, whether there's a lot of experience on one end or, you know, um, uh, I've seen it come around where, where there's been there's been boxers or fighters um, that have only had 30 or 40 fights fighting somebody with uh, over 200 fights and you know they've come out on the better end of it and and have won those fights and it doesn't always happen that way but um, you know they spent a lot of time in the gym and a lot of sparring and um, just had a lot of a uh, just a lot of natural ability probably you know I would say and uh, but that doesn't happen very often. So usually, two hundred fights—that's yeah, a lot. How many lot. fights did you have again? I had, did you say I had about one hundred and twenty. Okay. So when uh, not all of them, but a, a good good portion. So I think I had—I was figuring about—I won eighty-five of those, eighty-five to ninety. So, what was the boxing scene in Wisconsin like? Like, was there a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of people at these tournaments or in the clubs around? I know. I think there used to be a lot more boxing clubs, at least, right? Yep, there was. There, uh, there was a lot of uh, what you would say like small town clubs. Um, uh, in this this area, particular area where I'm from, um, the Auburndale Boxing Club, which has been existing now, it's uh, in Marshfield a little more, but it's still called the Gus Gym of Auburndale. Um, and but they do train in Marshfield now. And then you've got the Nielsville Boxing Club. Um, you've got the Rapids Boxing Club. So those are some of the clubs that have endured kind of a long time. Um, used to have the Kakana Boxing Club, um, the Rippin Boxing Club, and just um, 
a number of smaller gyms that were all over the state of Wisconsin. Uh, of course, you had like Racine and Milwaukee, um, some of the bigger areas. Uh, but um, kind of the small the small town gyms have kind of a lot of them have fallen to the wayside. You know, there's not a lot of a lot of small gyms still in existence. You know, and and I think that a lot of times it has to do with with the coach. You know, if there's not a coach that that wants to run the program it just kind of it kind of fades out you know and i think when some of those small clubs from other areas like the kokana and ripon and uh there used to be a club out of point also i think when you know when that coach loses interest you know the whole club just kind of goes down so um i think that really shows that our coach Ken Hilgers and there's been uh, a few other along the way Wayne Brown Wayne Coombs and a few other guys have filled in through the years um, just their dedication you know towards keeping a club here you know in a town that's small you know has, uh, has been a testament to their dedication and uh, yeah it's just something how over the years all these small clubs around the whole state have just kind of kind of folded you know there's not a lot of them left anymore yeah, I have not seen many boxing, straight boxing gyms, and I didn't know this one uh, existed before you were talking about it in the New York Times article. Yeah. There's a lot more MMA gyms popping up, um, just with all mixed martial arts. They have sometimes have boxing and Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Like, I know there's one in Plover now, and those are starting to pop up more as that gets more popular, which. There's sometimes boxing elements to it, but yeah, just straight local little boxing gyms. I don't really know of know of any. Yeah, the the, the seems the MMA and, and and the martial arts and the mixed martial and the um, is seems to be on the growing side. The growing like boxing was back when I got in it back in the '70s, and it just seems like uh, the younger generation now is is more into the you know the mixed martial arts and the and uh, uh, that kind of fighting, I, you know, it's entertainment. It's, you know, uh, there's a lot more mixed in with it. You know, it's not just the boxing part of it. You know, I'm I'm old school, so, so boxing to me is always that. Um, I guess I look at it as uh, two, two guys face-to-face, they're in shape, and, you know, the tougher guy comes out on the, on the, on the tougher end of that. Um, um, the MMA, I just, with all those mixed things together, it just doesn't, um, sometimes it's it's like, uh, almost reminds me of a barroom brawl. I don't, you know, it's like everything goes. And uh, I, I know it is a popular sport and it's like, you know, that's, that's fine. I think people, you know, watch what they want or if they're, you know, um, entertained and, and, you know, they, just like me with boxing, there was people back in the day that would say, how could you watch that? How could you do that? And, uh, you know, they didn't quite understand that whole, that whole aspect of it. So, but I just think over the years, I think trends change and, you know, things change and it's just, uh, you know. Um, yeah. You used to back in the day, like back in the nineties, if you said you're watching mixed martial arts or UFC, people would be like, okay, I'm going to stay away from you, you weirdo. And now it's on Now it's on ESPN and it's all mainstream. There's mainstream gyms everywhere. There's small kids training up in 
all the different disciplines and right right i think the mma is on the in that is on the rise yeah you know just i like, think it's bringing up uh boxing too there's like a lull in boxing interest it seemed like and i think they're both kind of picking up a little right, bit now. right yeah yeah i think i think any sport goes through its 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 peaks and valleys i think you know there's times that um you know just uh the interest picks up and goes on a rise for a while and um you know i know with me back in the 75 when i started seeing the 76 olympics and seeing five guys from the united states win gold medals like wow you know that was something else and i know all the kids that i hung around with um you know were like yeah we're, we're impressed you know i that year um we had four other guys from from port edwards i went to a, port edwards and uh small school i think we had 65 or 70 kids in our class but we had uh five of us from the same class and win state championships that first full year that we had in 1976 so Whoa. we did we did well we uh you know i i kind of recruited them a little bit i'm thinking you know there's got to be some other guys out here that want to want to do this too besides me and uh so we had uh me uh greg swenson Brad Sigler and David Dan Malone, and uh, we won. Uh, we all won a state championships that year. We won the team trophy, and uh, our, our coach Ken Hilgers always talks about uh, his start as a coach and how successful it was. And it it was successful. I mean, you couldn't ask for a much better of a start than that. He goes to to repeat that ever again. He, I never have, and whether I ever will may may never happen. But it was. Uh, but we started off with a bang. I'll tell you, it was just uh, yeah. It's got to be really fun to be be a part of that team. Just be a part of like you're winning, but feels really good yeah. when you have a, a team of your friends that are also winning. Yep, yep. It sure does. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great feeling to have that success, not only for yourself but for for the whole team. You know, it was uh, it was great. Yep. Yeah, and we got onto this. I saw you researching some of your old boxing matches at the library using the microfilm going back in the newspaper records and I was interested to see what you dig up in this project um, and we've been talking about some of it but what else what else did you find when you're digging through the papers um, I found uh, when I started I found um, the articles that uh, I won the state championships um, and I never really knew how many fights I had. I just, I didn't know. And um, I thought, can I remember by memory all of my fights that I competed? And I thought, I think I, I can remember most of them. But boy, a hundred and some is a lot to remember. <laughs> I thought, boy, if I could do that, that'd be pretty good. And uh, lo and behold, I, I had a good number of fights that I didn't remember them. I didn't, uh, you know... I didn't recall them, but as I read through, as I found more articles, I uh, um, brought back to memory and I said, oh, you know, attached uh, the other fighter's name to it and uh, where it was at and kind of the time frame of year it was. And uh, so it was, it, was a, it was a fun thing for me to go through. I was, I was hooked on it for a number of months where I was here every day trying to go through all of the uh, – microfilm you know the years that i fought and the months and trying to find all the articles and uh i would find one and another one and another one and it just kept going and going and going and uh 
you know. Um, it's pretty impressive to remember that many that many matches. It seems like some people some people do, some people don't. Like my dad remembers like almost all of his wrestling matches, and I forgot like all of mine almost. Yeah. <laughs> like there's if I was going through the newspapers and reading about my wrestling matches, it would be like a book of fiction for me. <laughs> right. It's like is that me or not? Yeah. 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 yeah it's uh. It makes you just feel like I did something worthy. I, I put time into this. I um, I was dedicated to it. I had um, you know good friends. I mean, there's just so many so many aspects of of not only just it being a sport, a competitive sport. Um, that it had so many other aspects to it. it. Just your your trainer, the guys you trained with. Um, just you know, training at, at the gym and feeling like that was uh, that was a home, you know, that was a place that I felt comfortable at, and uh, you know, um, what I was putting into that what, at the time I put in was, um, you know, what was I getting out of this? You know, I was getting out of this, you know, some notoriety, but um, getting in shape and and um, man, I was accomplishing something. I was I was you know winning, but I was also you know, a state champion a number of times, and it was just, uh, um, it was all so worth it. I mean, it was just, um, it just made life good, I think, for me, you know. So were you there at the gym training, like, every day, and were you just always there for your, like, whole high school and beyond? Um, when I had started, I was in, I was swimming at the time. So for the first three years of my boxing, I was swimming, and I would do that after school, and then I would go down and, and I would train. And I would train before anybody else got there. And then I would train uh, when when everybody got there and did my sparring. And then I would work out again after that. So oh, my gosh. I was, I was in shape. Uh, a little story. We went to uh, Beaver Dam one year, and we were fighting over there. And uh, we had a doctor that did the physicals. And... He uh, was the doctor that did the physicals for the Milwaukee Bucks. He did, uh, I think he might have did some for the Packers and just some other sporting teams. And uh, he he took my pulse and his blood pressure and he checked me over and, and made sure I was good to go. And he said, um, I've never seen anybody in this good a shape in my whole entire life. So that was, uh, <laughs> we, me and my coach Ken still talk about that to this day about um, him telling me that you know he had never seen an athlete in that good a shape before, so um, but uh, I was just um, kind of like I don't know how else to do this. I'm, I'm going to just train and I'm going to train as hard as I can, and I'm going to learn as much as I can, and I'm going to redo the, the 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 moves that I have, you know, and the punches that I am trying to learn and. And I'm going to make it so automatic that I don't even have to think about it. And uh, I think that was a plus. I think, you know, you know, and boxing has to be kind of an automatic sport in, in a lot of ways. You know, you don't have a lot of time to think about or set up strategy. You know, you got one minute between rounds and your coach tries to give you um, as, as much advice as he can. And, you know, and you try to just, you know, alter your plan as you go along and uh, and kind of go from there. Did you develop anything that you were known for in boxing? Like some people are like, you're the endurance guy, The you got the hook, you've got the power shot, you've got the volume, your defense, you've got your best footwork. Like is there anything that people would just point out and be uh, like, oh, watch out for that? 
for for me it was uh, I acquired the name Hurricane, uh, so they would call me Hurricane Horn, and uh, <laughs> so my biggest attribute I, I, it was my speed. Um, I, I didn't have really a, a power punch, um, so it was my speed. I could throw combinations of you know 10, 12, 15 punches you know in a pretty short time. So that was my biggest attribute. I think. Uh, my mobility, being able to move, you know, side to side and just uh, move fast, and um, was probably right up in there too with that. But uh, I would go with my speed as being my best um, quality that people kind of remember me for how fast I was. So, yeah. Yeah. So that early training of that endurance from the cross training of swimming and just constant boxing training propelled you through your career kind of made your style then huh yeah it did it did yeah, it really did you know that was uh kind of the uh starting part of you know who i was going to kind of be or how my style was going to be and you know how i was going to go about kind of getting to that that point you know um yeah i i was not a big kid i i mean um started out small you know 85 pounds i think my last fight that i fought was at welterweight which is 147 pounds and uh so if I didn't have the strength, I was going to find another way where I was going to have a little bit of an advantage. So, and that was uh, that was where I let it be was at the speed part. So, did you ever have any knockouts? Um, when I was going through the articles at the library, I had I had always known that I had a few. Um, they would call them if it wasn't a KO, a complete knockout. It was an RSC. They say RSC first, second, or third round, which means referee stops contest, and. Uh, I had a few of those, not not a lot, but probably uh, probably ten or so. So, not a lot. Usually, you were so competitively matched <clears throat> that um, that there there really wasn't a lot of knockouts. I don't I don't think there is really a lot in amateur boxing. You know, there's always going to be some. You know that that's you're never going to get away from that. But uh, so, um, but I had about ten. Um, some were relatively quick. I I think I had. <clears throat> one fight that they stopped it in the first, I think, 15 seconds of the first round. Oh. So, so <laughs> that hurricane was, uh, went to work. Fat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So that was a uh, that was something. Um, do you have any most memorable fights besides like the championship that we were talking about? Is there any? Or the one, the guy that you fought like ten times. Is there something that was just really crazy, really memorable, or just that you're really one that you're really proud of? Or um, boy, you know, I I know all my state championships that I had. <clears throat> I'm gonna say my most proudest, memorable um, fight that I had, and, and and there's probably a few of them, you know, along the way out of those hundred and some. Um, would probably be the 1979 state Golden Gloves title. <clears throat> um, I fought a guy out of Racine, Russell Fye, and he was, uh, I think he may have been undefeated, and uh, and I beat him for the state Golden Gloves title. And I was 16 years old, <clears throat> and that's the first year you're eligible to fight in the Golden Gloves. So uh, I ended up being the youngest guy on the team that year, and I think that was like, I would say my proudest standout moment that I ever probably had. Um, 
you know, it was it was close. I looked at the article that it uh, that I had, and it was uh, I think I sixty fifty seven on two judges scorecards and sixty fifty six on the other one. Um, so how that works is they they give twenty points to the uh, winner nineteen eighty and less to the to the loser of the round. So so I think I won I think I won all the rounds on all the judges scorecards. So. Um, but the guy I think was undefeated at the time, and I beat him, and that was just uh, quite an accomplishment. I think that's, and then I got to go to the <clears throat> National Golden Gloves tournament, which that was like wow, you know, being around all the guys that have fought in the Olympics and have fought international competition, and I think it was uh, it was just something. It was something to you know be there and to be around all these fighters that were the best in the United States and. Uh, and see what I could do, you know, and it was just uh, yeah. If that's that stands out as probably the best uh, highlight of probably my career, you know, for a, a match for a for yeah a, for a one match, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And you said uh, at the beginning you had a bunch of success with a bunch of guys, some that you recruited. Um, did a lot of them stick with it? Did you stay friends throughout the years? <clears throat> Um, Brad Sigler, Greg Swenson, Dan and Dave Malone, they, <clears throat> they did well. They, uh, I think Dan and Brad won two regional titles in the junior Olympics. We'd have a state championships, you advance to the regionals <clears throat> and that, uh, those always eluded me. I would make it to the finals and then I, I would get beat. Um, and Brad and, and Dan actually won. I think Brad won two of those, and so they uh, all those guys uh, were into like school sports, okay, uh, basketball, football. Yeah. So I think I think they around the time like say fourteen, fifteen years old, um, they kind of kind of got away from the boxing and went into football and basketball and track and and stuff like that. So um, so out of that starting group, I was the only one that kind of continued continued on and they kind of went you know went in another path of some other things for for school sports did you do ever do any uh, other sports besides boxing after stopping swimming that was that was it in, in my years through through most of the sports the um later years i had tried out some uh the triathlons just the shorter ones mm -hmm. um so I had a little bit, but if as far as my sports that yeah. I really competed in, um, you know, swim team and then the boxing was the was the biggie for me. You know, that was what I what I did. So that's uh, yeah. Do you have any other memories of the of the gym in its early days and uh, Ken Hilgers? Uh yeah. Um, Just that being such a place of uh, peace and serenity and just, uh, uh, you know, walking down there, um, you know, down the stairs. And, and if somebody was already there hearing the bags, uh, speed bags being hit and the heavy bag and just the noise. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, you know, hear your coach's voice and hear him, you know, saying stuff and, and uh, you know. Um, even when it was quiet down there, it was just a, a place of, you know, I'm supposed to be here. You know, this is where I kind of, where I belong. And, uh, um, 
you know, we'd go on boxing trips, and uh, I remember we would uh, um, talk all the way back about, you know, how our fights went <clears throat> and just, uh, you know, how we were going to get better. And uh, just good stories, stories about life and, and you know, um, uh, just about how things were going in life and, and just, you know, um, other fighters and, and, you know, how we could, uh, how we could get better. And, uh, yeah, it was just lots of, lots of talking, lots of strategy, you know, lots of, uh, um, just normal everyday stuff too, though, you know? Um, yeah. And you kind of touched on that a little bit at the beginning. Um, but for someone who doesn't really know anything about boxing, maybe someone who's even interested or interested for their kid or some kind of martial art, like what dedication being around those people, like what did that give you growing up? Uh, I think the one, the one biggest thing, Colin, that I, that I think is that you don't quit. You know, you just, you you know, no matter how hard things get, no matter how much your back is up against the wall, you know, no matter how bleak things look, there's always a chance, you know. I think, you know, I always say once you give up, it's all over with, you know. But if you keep trying and keep um, working hard at something and just giving it your all, and even if things don't look good, even if it looks like, you're never going to accomplish anything or you're never going to be any good. I think you just keep on going. You know, I think that uh, that perseverance that, you know, something's going to turn eventually. Something's going to, you know, turn for you and it's going to probably be something, in, in, you know, good. You know, it's not going to be a waste of time. Um, it showed me, you know, just those fights that I lost in the beginning, the 1-1, lost 7, and I thought, man, you know, what am I doing? And uh, I was so glad that I kept going. I mean, what, if the story would have ended there, that would have been such a disappointment, you know. And I think in life, too, I've been faced with uh, just some tough things, you know, in, in life that have just been like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? You know, is this job, am I going to be able to do this or that, you know? And I always think that boxing mentality, you know, just don't give up. You just keep plugging away and... uh you know you're gonna you're gonna succeed eventually. Might might take a while. You know might take a while. Might take longer than you want it to. Yeah, but, what a different story if you'd have quit one match one match sooner than yeah. your next win, and that's it. Yeah, there wouldn't there wouldn't have been much of a story. It would have been real short. <laughs> yeah. You know, now you'd I, have remembered every one. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of the story of life, you know. And uh, boxing was my, you know. I, I think boxing was my life for a long time, and I think when when I got older, <clears throat> I actually boxed till I was competitive until I was about thirty years old, and that's probably getting to the upper age of of boxing competitively for the amateur ranks. You know, there's there's mm -hmm. professional, um, and uh, um, so yeah, I uh, I had a long good career. I mean, I can't. Um, say as I cut it off too short, I think I, I took it about as long as I could have probably took it, you know, and, uh, um, 
you know, there were thoughts of boxing professional and, and, you know, uh, I guess that's not for everybody. I guess if you you look at boxing as an enjoyable sport and it's and all that it's you know that was a it was a good run so so your main goal was to stick with amateur boxing and not try to do any professional stuff um, you know there was there was talks of it about it in our gym and with me and the thoughts of it i mean we've had numerous guys from the rapids boxing team uh fight professionally um, Steve Zowski's fights out of Rapids. He had fought Mike Tyson, George Foreman, and um, so and the guy by the name of Dave Long. And there's there's numerous other guys that have fought professionally. So I think there was an offer there in a, in a sense of the way um, that I that I could have, you know. Um, but I guess I just looked at it more for me as a enjoyable sport, and you know, the amateur boxing just fulfilled. You know, what I was after, what I was looking for, you know. Um, so I just think I didn't go any further. Not that I didn't have thoughts about it or, or you know, a few offers here and there. You know, I guess uh, I just decided that amateur boxing was just where I wanted to be and, and that was okay with me. So, Did you ever do any coaching yourself then after um, or have any thoughts about it? I've done a little bit, you know. Um, you don't. I don't think you realize, or people realize that coaching is like the boxing was when I first started. You know, it wasn't very good. I didn't know much about it. Um, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I, I tried a little coaching, help more helping out, more assisting the the coach. And boy, it's something. It's something you have to learn to. You know, it's a something you got to work at too. I don't. I don't think you just become. A coach overnight and and where you're successful i think that that's uh boy it's it's tough i mean i i give credit to coaches um our coach our coaches that we've had as as being as good as they have gotten and as good as they are but they've worked at it because they they've done it and and you know stuck at it for a long time i mean it's just uh yeah it's something you got to put your heart and soul into you've got to be dedicated you want to you know you've got to want to be down there and work with those kids and those guys and and uh and uh so i've done i've done a little bit i haven't done much i've helped more than anything you know um i can give them my what i think or what i did in boxing how i held my hands how i moved how i hit how i did all this but uh you know but you haven't like studied everyone's style and no, be like, right. oh, maybe you should try this style or this style <laughs> or this one. But right, no, no. You got the hurricane. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hurricane yeah. or bust. <laughs> so how many years later, Colin, <clears throat> that I still have fun with that name and and people that I meet throughout life and uh, and they call me the hurricane or we'll kind of laugh a little bit. Now you're a little older and you're probably not the hurricane that I used to be, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's just fun. It's, 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 I think it brings, it definitely brings a smile to my face and it, it brings a smile to other people's faces too about, you used to be the hurricane. No, I still am the hurricane. I'm just not <laughs> quite as fast anymore. So, yeah. you still work out or hit the bags or anything just for keeping in shape or anything? Yeah, I do. It never, it never seems to last as long as it should. I get busy in life and I, in work and just different things going on. Um, but, uh, I've got a heavy bag at my house, and I like to go down there and 
kind of hit on that for a while. And, um, you know, I still think I got the speed. I still think I got the power. And, <laughs> and uh, some people are like, well, why don't the you give it another hurricane's coming try? out yeah. of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a thought, I'll tell you, you know. Um, there's a, I don't even know if there's a division anymore for the uh, old 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 guy division, but they you know people have talked about that, and that's probably just a, a thing that you know sounds good. You talk about it, and it's you know the old the, the old timers something boxing. I don't know how they refer to it as, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I did actually go down um, this last winter. I had a little time, and I and I actually sparred with some of the guys that have, that were doing pretty good. The younger guys that had competed and and won a state championship and went to the uh, national silver gloves tournament. And I got I was able to spar some rounds with those guys. Uh, with one, uh, Will Steenerson is his name, and uh, he's up and coming fighter from our area and, and doing pretty well and has got a brother Evan and they're uh, um, they've been doing pretty good so uh, uh, we didn't box any real long rounds but we did good I still had uh, some moves yet and uh, still nice. could throw some good punches so yeah so I still got some some goodies left there yet so which is <laughs> which is nice so yeah 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 that's a good feeling yeah it is it is being able to hang with people still and do what you love and yeah just move, basically movement. Yeah, the movement and saying, you know what, I, uh, I, I, you know, there's days you feel a little older, but there's days that you come around and you're like, boy, I still feel like like that young guy all over again, and and it, uh, it's good. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, brings some happiness to you. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any other? stories like you'd like to share with anybody or anything that you found or that anything that people should know about boxing or small world boxing gyms yeah i think you know over the years i've noticed um usually for the most part like years ago when we would go down to the boxing club everybody for the most part competed in you know started in matches and it seems like this day and age and it's a good thing well there's people that are um boxing to box competitively but there's also a group that comes down and boxes just to learn learn how to box and you know they you know the coach spends time with them just like everybody else and they get their uh uh form down you know their stance you know um you want to have your stance shoulder with the part and you want to have your hands up and your elbows in and your chin down and um you know he's so some people just want to have the you know the um, know-how on how to kind of do the basics and so i i've noticed that as a good thing you know that i've seen um yeah get some get some exercise maybe build confidence a little yeah, bit i think it does yeah yeah you know when i started i know that it really as a as a 12 year old small kid um and i was learning boxing i thought man that really um that boosted my ego in a good way you know it made me more confident of who i was you know because um, i wasn't always a um a kid that was real confident with himself it was always uh you know am i really that good am i can i really do that or you know boy am i even capable of doing that um so yeah um, yeah, a lot of times boxing, different martial arts gives kids a confidence that they 
that they normally don't have, and it doesn't necessarily lead to using it. It leads to being able to be confident that you don't even need to get into an altercation or you can navigate an altercation more clearly because you're not afraid of something happening because you know that you're that you've got some skills that you could use if you needed to like a, a cornered a cornered animal that's scared is going to just freak out and lash out but if it's confident it can make some maneuvers and get out of there and not care about it as well right right that's very true yeah um you know i think you you learn to carry yourself in a in a better way i think you're just that more confident you know you're not shying off and you know it doesn't mean that you're you know you're cocky with or you're just uh you know i'm better than you or i'm tougher than you or uh you know don't mess with me because i'm gonna you know i'm gonna pull out my boxing abilities but i think that it really you know um well that's what um especially boxing things that you get hit in the face you learn pretty quick that you're you're usually not the best guy somebody somebody's going to be able to give you a clock in too. So you never know who's who. So to have respect. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There is always, you know, somebody that's better than you. Even if, even if, if you, if, when you've won state championships, I mean, you're, you're the best in the state that year. You may not have best, been the best in the nation, but you're, you know, you're pretty good and, and you're thinking, you know, but you're, you're not invincible. You're, you know, there's always some guy that's a little tougher um, maybe in a little better shape, maybe, you know, whatever that, uh, you know, so you don't want to get too overconfident. You know, you want to make sure, keep things in reality, you know, yeah. and uh, say, well, I, I do good and I am good, but, you know, there's always a chance that somebody's going to be maybe a little better, you know. Um, but you don't want to underrate or underestimate yourself either. You want to no. always kind of think, hey, you know, I can find a way to win this or I can, you know, um, train harder or I can pay attention more or spend more time analyzing, you know, uh, tape or maybe, you know, whatever. Hard work, never quitting, confidence, all great things to take out of, take out of your time in boxing. That's right. I, uh, I had a few fights that I, if I could go back on that, um, you know, the most memorable was the 79 state gold gloves championships. That was like the peak, um, and I kind of thought I was, I'm doing everything right. I'm I'm on my way. I got the 80 Olympics coming up, and I thought, man, how how could you write this story any better? You know, three state junior Olympic championships, silver gloves championships, um, golden gloves. I'm thinking, wow, I'm I'm getting I'm getting so close here, you know. And uh, but you do find out when you get to the national golden gloves tournament, and then you see the Olympic competitors you realize that, oh, my gosh, there's just a whole nother category of of what you think is good, you know. And uh, I've, I've gotten the um, opportunity. I've had the, that I fought some of the guys that have been in that, that ranking. I've got uh, – I fought a guy that was out of Racine, Terry Ford, and he was ranked number two in the nation, I think, at the time. And he didn't make the Olympic team, but he was very close to it. And I got beat solidly. I, it was it was not <laughs> it was not close. <laughs> and that was a tough fight. That was like, 
oh my gosh, now I know what it's all about here. This is this is what the guys that are the elite top rank, you know, and it's it's like, wow, that's going to take a bit of work. A few years later, I did fight a guy, and it wasn't in a, at a big tournament or anything. It was in the Iowa State Fair. I did win. The, I was the Iowa State Fair champion that year, and I beat a guy out of Oklahoma by the name of Robert Carter, and uh, he was ranked number seventh in the nation at the time. So I, I did beat some ranked fighters, and like I said, of course, the higher the ranking, I think the harder harder it gets, and those guys are just in a in a class that's it's kind of hard to reach, you know. And, yeah, uh, it's amazing yeah. in sports like that where there's just levels upon levels where there's just points where you think no one can be better than this, and then all of a sudden there's this guy that's like 10 times <laughs> better than that. And then everyone else starts to get better. Yeah and rise up to that level and then somebody figures out a new new training and technique and the level yeah. gets higher and it just yeah. keeps keeps going up and up and up right i remember i i think there was a time where a lot of us thought mike tyson is never going to get beat you know he was knocking out stopping i mean he was just beat people were afraid of him and it's like nobody's ever going to beat him nobody's ever going to beat him and i don't you got to be real careful about that when you say because there could be somebody that's on the top of the game now, but they're they're probably not going to be there forever. Somebody's going to figure out something about them, some weakness, something that they you know um, that maybe nobody else noticed or could see, and 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 you know, and they're a little smarter and maybe they're a little tougher in this area, but nobody stays on the top forever. It's you know, no, it's, it's a, a tough position to be in. Right, being at the top. I mean, you got two different. One guy is at lower, he's training, he gets to see all of your fights, he's hungry for it. You, you, your mental game is right. you have to find the mental fortitude to stay stay on top of that and be still motivated even though you're beating everybody and you don't have any right. film of yourself losing ever to fix things. You need to keep finding things to fix and not get complacent. And right. if you're getting paid, not be like, oh, Got a bunch of money now. Maybe I can take this day off. Got a, There's somebody that's working twice a day, every day, ready to come for you. I think sometimes when you're on top, you're at a disadvantage. I, I think, yeah. like you said, you know, you you just like everybody's after you, and you're just like, boy, you're all alone there, and you know, um, you know, I'm not saying that when I like won a state championship, and maybe that's a little bit, but you're just like. You know, everybody's trying to figure out a way to beat you. They're like, I want to just, how are we going to beat this beat this guy? And, and you're like, oh, man, you know, I don't want to get beat. And you're, you're thinking, how many, I'm doing everything I can not to. And they're, and they're trying to figure out everything they can. And it's like they're chasing you down. And you're just like, man, you know, you're running out of, running out of energy after a while. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be... Um, a champion, I think state champion was is, a, is an honor. I mean, you know, it's not just always an automatic thing. It was it was a lot of work, and um, and you know, it is nice to be on on that top spot. You know, of the known as a state champion, and you know, a lot of times, you know, we didn't fight and stay at that weight class. You know, throughout the year through boxing matches, you know, we would probably have you know go up or down a weight class and fight different fighters in different weight classes, you know, so we got to test ourselves a little bit that way too and, you know, guys that were a little heavier and, you know, maybe guys that were a little tougher and, 
you know. Um, I think that was a good challenge, though, I think, to get out of your weight class a little bit and, and you know, uh, fight another state champion at a, another weight class, you know. Um, kind of let us know we weren't invincible, but we weren't, yeah. you know, kind of put the reality back into it a little bit, so, which was good, yeah. Well, what do you plan on, what do you plan on doing with all the, all the research you've compiled uh, here? I'm not sure yet. I want to put it in a better form, in a better, um, I would like to, I've got some uh, taped fights that I have also, and I just want to do a, kind of a put together a, like a program or like a, a I'm not real computer savvy, really. Um, I want to put together like a, some kind of a file tape thing with all my, you know, all my fights and all, and I've got some actual live, like taped fights that I have from my boxing career. So I'd like to kind of make sure I don't lose it again and make sure I keep it and, you know, and, uh, are they still on like physical physical tapes? Yeah. Okay. VH, so they need to be transferred. Yeah, to I think you could transfer those to a, a disc. Mm-hmm. Um I've just gotta try to figure out how to do that. So that's uh kinda in the in the works yet. <clears throat> Trying to find some more information on um possibly going back to like some of the years that I fought and whether they have uh, some of those fights stored away or whether some of the TV stations that carry those oh, yeah. fights may still have that stuff, you know. Um, I'm sure they keep some of that. So uh, it'd be interesting to find out if I could get some of those. Um, I'm, I'm working on all that. It's just a, a slow progress, I guess, you know. Um, I was making leaps and bounds for a while on, on the stuff here. I had some time that I could really put in and focus, and I and I really just kept after it, and I... Uh, did pretty good. I got, you know, most of everything. And um, there's, of course, some, you're always going to miss a little bit in there. No matter what, I could go over it probably a couple more times of the 15-year career that I had and probably find a couple that I missed, you know, by yeah. chance. But uh, probably isn't many. I think I went over it pretty good. So I think I got, got about everything that I could get. But it'd be nice just to put this together in a better format kind of thing and, you know, have it so uh, I can pass it on. Through the, through the years and to people that would want to see it or, you know, my kids or grandkids or any of that too would be kind of special. So it's a work in progress yet. So, you know, got most of it. But there's always, you know, a few things to add on to it, which is, which is good. And, uh, yeah, so we'll get there. We'll get there. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. Check us out at macmillanlibrary.org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the information desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org backslash podcast.